0: The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. From drug addiction and prison to getting a diploma in UCD, from homelessness to helping others overcome addiction, Daniel Moore's story is one of redemption and inspiration. And Daniel is with me in studio. Embarrassed by that description, Daniel. Good <laughs> yeah, morning no, and welcome. Just, I had
1: to smile um, when you were talking about it there. It was just it's hard to believe. I guess when you say homelessness and helping people now, it's. It's sort of a little bit, you know. It's almost it's, like
0: a dream that that never happened.
1: Yeah, I almost think like, is that really me? But uh, yeah, yeah, you know, when I look back, it is me, and it is my story, and yeah, it's great. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, you, your story—you um, had a, a disrupted childhood.
1: Yeah, well, um, so I would have grown up um, away from my parents. I wouldn't have never known my father. Um, wouldn't have? I would have been fostered to a family who looked after me. Um, it was great. I grew up not really wanting for much, but. I guess I almost just felt left out throughout my childhood. You know, I yeah. think just had that whole not feeling a part of. Okay, because you were aware that your father was not on the scene. Yeah, huh? exactly. Look, I never, I never knew my father. Um, I would have had, I would have known my mother, but wouldn't have had a great relationship. Um, so the father figure and the mother figure that was there for me, they were great, absolutely yeah. great, but. But they I weren't
0: adoptive parents; they were your foster parents, exactly, and so yeah. the, you were aware that the real uh, biological parents were were there somewhere yeah, in the somewhere, ether, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, but not part of your life. Yeah. So um, when you were a teenager, you you started, as many do, to mm-hmm. have a, a jar or two.
1: Yeah. So I would have uh, I would have started to work in a, a local pub, um, and I would have seen a lot of stuff there, and I would have seen how alcohol affected people and. Obviously, everybody knows now. People gets the courage up with alcohol, and they all have a good time. So I think I sort of latched onto that, um, and then alcohol obviously leads to drugs. So you sort of see a lot of stuff, you know. So it was party central. Yeah, of course. Yeah, look, like obviously growing up, um, I would have started drinking at a young age, and um, I would have started trying. Um, how would you say? trying new things, curious yeah. as to what's going on around the area and what yeah. everybody's using so I would have tried all these things um, It was partly central as life went on yeah. um, But you, you you got trained up and you had a job Yeah, yeah. so I, I would have left the pub scene um, after a couple of years and when I found out I was having my first child I got a job as a cabinet maker um, I worked there for a couple of years, I loved it um, I loved the thought of providing and having money and stuff like that and being able to support the family, um, but then I lost my job then as a cabinet maker, work destroyed up, so that was sort of like a turning point where I needed to make money. Now, you were actually looking forward to parenthood,
0: because a lot of uh, guys at that age would be saying, oh my God, I'm too young for all wrong with
1: Look, obviously when when I heard the news, yeah, it was a little bit scary, but yeah, I was looking forward to it. I think knowing that I can have a child um, and look after a child, I guess, you know, be that father figure.
0: Okay, so it all goes back to your own uh, absence of a father and how you didn't want to be any kind of absent father for your child.
1: You wanted to be there. Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to to make sure that uh, my kids have a positive role model, you know. So you've now lost your
0: job. Your uh, partner in life is having a a child, your child, Mm -hmm. and uh,
1: you've got to find money
0: somewhere. What happened?
1: So growing up in my area, I would have known that drugs was a quick fix for money. Um, and that just taught me, I said, look, you know what, I need money. I need I need to have funds there to support this family. So that's what I've done. Um, I started selling drugs. Um, I've done that for a couple of years, probably about a year and a half, coming up on two years. And then the guards came knocking on the door and caught everything. Um, and that was a, was a big scare.
0: Yeah. Um, they, they got a, a stash.
1: Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. They, um, they got a serious amount. I remember, I remember the guard actually saying to me, um, we weren't expecting this, and I sort of looked at the guy and said, "Well, I wasn't expecting you." As you know, <laughs> <laughs> now, the, the, uh, d- did that create problems for you? Because you obviously you,
0: you ended up before a judge and mm. uh, you you got a prison sentence. But I'm wondering, you know, did you owe money to people that were going no, to come knocking have on been your a door? Thing
1: like that. Wasted out money. Um, luckily enough. Luckily enough, it was all sort of something that I'd invested in myself um, and there was no money so having to There was to no
0: godfather to... looking over your shoulder no, and wanting money no,
1: back. No, No, no. There was no debt threats or anything like that. Um, but yeah, up in front of the George then. And that's when I thought, uh oh. You, yeah, you could have got ten years. I could have got ten years and that's what stood to me. Um, well, a couple of things stood to me and the reason I didn't get ten years is he did say to me that if I didn't waste anybody's time, I got it over and done with. A lot of people would drag things on with this. Um, they didn't want to go into jail. I knew it was caught red-handed. Um, I didn't want to prolong it, I didn't want to drag anybody through, so... Um, I got it over and done with fairly quickly and it all stood to me. And the judge said to me, look, I could give you 10 years here, but... I'm going to give you four. So... In a, in a weird sense, I was happy. If that makes sense. But yeah. uh, I was also devastated as well. OK, now four
0: years is a long time. It's a long time in anyone's life. But when mm. you're only in your 20s, you know, it's it's an eternity. It's a big chunk when you compare it as a proportion of your life lived so mm. far at the prospect of spending four years. Um, what did you feel like when you entered Mount Joy for the first time? I've only entered it as a visitor, you know, doing programs and things like yeah. that. What was it like when, you know, this is my home?
1: It was, all, it was all a little bit surreal at start. I'm saying you're going down, you're going through the reception area and they're asking you to strip in front of two males and stuff like this. And it was all a little bit weird, but it was just, I remember sitting in the cell. There was no TV at the time and I was just literally there with my own thoughts and I'm thinking, how did I end up here? Really, I was like, what have I done to get myself in the situation? And when I look back now, I made the right decision just to get on with it. I, yeah. could have, I could have really kicked up I could have acted as if I wasn't supposed to be there cry to the guards I could have done a lot of stuff but I wasn't getting out there I yeah. wasn't going to break out nothing was going to happen I was there for my foreseeable future at that time like. yeah.
0: uh, When you say no one's going to break out I mean do prisoners have fantasies that you know, they're well, going I know to climb my the first wall
1: thought was, My first thought was how do we get out of here you know what I mean Like, how do we get out of here what do we have to say who do we have to speak to to get out of here but I can't get out of it, I'm there, you know. Yeah.
0: You can serve your time in different ways. You mm-hmm. can become a member of a gang. You can be the hard man. Uh, you can, uh, you know, be abused by others and so on. How did,
1: did, did you have, uh, did you make a decision about how you were going to serve your time? Absolutely. Um, I could have went in there and betrayed the person who I wanted to be on the outside. This drug dealer selling drugs and I could have went in there with a chip in my shoulder and act a hard man, all this. It wouldn't have done me any good. Um, it would have got me into a lot of trouble, it would have caused really, really havoc for me in there, so I made the decision to look, I'm just a lad that got caught up in the wrong things um, and I need to just be the person who I am, I'm not this hard man, I need to be the person who just get on with it. Um, I spoke to a lot of people in there and they told me, look, don't get involved in the wrong things in here. Um, and I took their, I took their advice. And I Did was,
0: you use prison effectively? I mean, were the courses on offer? Were there things you could do?
1: So there is things in there that you could do. I went to the woodwork shop. I would have spent a lot of time at the woodwork shop. Um, I became sort of like a trustee. I became a cleaner on the landing and stuff like that. I would have done things there. Um, just to make things go by easier. Um, there is things that you can't avail of in there. There's a library and stuff. Is there enough? Definitely not. I think they should, mm. uh, they should try and bring things into a prison there where... You know, you're changing somebody's habits. Mm. How long did you spend in prison? Three years in total. Three years, so you had a year of remission. Yeah, so you get
0: remission, yeah. When you got out, though, it Mm. wasn't um, life as you imagined it might be.
1: No, so like obviously growing up, um, the life I had, I would have seeked seeked acceptance from a lot of people. You know, I'd love to be accepted. If somebody didn't like me, I would have thought, why? And I would have put on this mask for me, for them to accept me. Um, So when I get out of prison, where I come from, um, it's almost like a a badge of honour. Uh, people would have loved the thought of being my friend because I'd done some jail time and I latched onto that with both hands. Um, I loved having all these people around me. I didn't know them but I loved yeah. the attention it was giving me. Um, it ultimately led to, I mean at this point you are expecting another child. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would have been expecting another child. Um, my partner at the time, my partner as well, she was, she was devastated actually seeing because I had made so many promises, so many promises when I was in there and they all just fell as soon as it came out because, yeah. I got into the party saying the drugs were taking over. Um, So she didn't want to know you? No, absolutely not. She didn't want to know me. All I wanted to do was go out and be around these people who I didn't know and take drugs.
0: Um, You ended up being, you know, thrown out basically, having nowhere to go, uh, bought a
1: car with the last few quid you had. Yeah, yeah. So... It got to the point where nobody wanted to know me, nobody wanted to be around me. So I had to, whatever money I had, I bought a little car. And I said, Look, well, I could drive around at this. Got to the point I had no petrol to drive, so I went into the park and up. And that was my home. Um, I lived in it, I slept in it. I got up and went to the public toilets to wash myself. And yeah, that's where I was, that was sort of really rock bottom for me. Yeah.
0: At one point, a guard knocks on the window of the car.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, my 29th birthday, um, my 29th birthday, it was. And I remember lying there four in the morning and the knock on the window and I looked up and I just seen the reflection of the guards and in my head I'm thinking, no, just not now, you know. Um, but it was something that guard said that sort of changed, that changed things for me. Um, he could have been, he could have been a real, real bad person there and made me move, but he asked me to move and I said to him, look guard, I don't think I can. As you can see, I'm living here. Um I can't move. And he started seeing the condition I was in and it was almost like he just, he looked at me for where I was at there and then. He didn't look at me for anything else. Obviously, he was getting complaints that I needed to move and he had to do his job, but he just said, look, look after yourself. Um, if we knew the guard now, I'd shake his hand because it was a turning point for me. Um, I sat back into the car and I pulled the blankets, or the jackets over me and I lied there and I thought about what I was actually going to do and I knew what he said, look after yourself. That's exactly what I had to do. I had to look after myself.
0: Now, the road to recovery, that was the, the if you like, the
1: the phrase, yeah. the single
0: phrase that led to, to this kind of ambition to, to recovery. You went to Mine?
1: Yeah, yeah, I went to Koolmine, Um I made the contact with Kilmine, I called them and I started the pre-entry programme. So it's, you just, you give some clean urine, you show in a couple of times a week um, you check in. And then I remember I got the call then to say that they had a bed available for me in Koolmine Lodge Um and that was the scariest time in my life. Yeah. <laughs> People think prison is hard. Uh, treatment was harder. I had, to identify, I, had to, I had to identify what was going on. I had yeah. to speak about my problems. Um, but it was the best decision I've ever made. Killmine, the work they do is phenomenal. Um, there's, my story is just one of many stories that come out of mm-hmm. Um You represented your country in a strange kind of a way. Explain. <laughs> yeah, so um, addiction... Would have took a lot of stuff from me. Um, I've always played football. I was playing for the local clubs, um, and with addiction, I stopped playing football. And Kilmore encouraged me to go and partake in the street leagues, um, the homeless street leagues. Sean Cavanaugh and the guys look after. It's great. Um, and I went to the trials and I got picked for the team. And that year, I went off to Mexico City and I represented my country over Mexico City. And we this won. is homeless Ireland. This is the homeless World Cup. Yeah, the homeless Ireland. Um, I played against all other countries all over the world in the middle of Saucalos Square in Mexico City and we brought a trophy home that year as well, um, which was just amazing. I got a cap, you know, you get a cap for a country, it's not something yeah. that everybody does. That so was amazing. Now, um, you,
0: you got a diploma then in UCD, I mean, your, your journey is quite remarkable.
1: Yeah, so I would have done a lot of things. Um, once I knew, when I, when I was playing football and stuff, I realised, I was like, I oh, can actually do anything here, you know, like, there's nothing stopping me. you like, there's nothing stopping yourself. So, I went on, um, I was, had a bit of an accident last year. I went walking, I was always walking, I had a bit of an accident then last year um, where I got hit by a car and it got me thinking, am I really living... I'm living my life, but am I really doing what I want to be doing in life? Um, I was getting a great salary and stuff like that, but did I love my job? I liked it, but did I love it? So, something, something just clicked with me and I said, you know what, I think I want to go back, I want to work in the services, you know, I want to yeah. give back what I was given. Um, so, I called up my boss, who was a great guy at the time, really, really supportive, and I told him, and he said, look, do what, do what you want, go you for know, it. go for it, um, which was great. So, I did. Um, when I signed up for the diploma, they accepted me, which I couldn't believe it either, because I would have needed a few things beforehand. I would have needed the level six and stuff, but signed up for the diploma, and now I'm in UCD doing the diploma. I'm nearly finished. Um, I'm now working in the services as well, okay. um, helping women who are in recovery, and it's amazing how my story has impacted them, but we can also relate to them in so many ways. You know what I mean? My story is just one of thousands, um, but it really is something. To be walking there, to see people grow as individuals, it's how I've grown, I'm sure when I was going through mine, staff members would have seen me and they would have thought it's great, but when I can see people growing, some people when they come into kill mine or into treatment, they, they look at the ground, they haven't got, they just can't see anybody eye to eye. But yeah. as you can see them growing along their journey, getting the courage, getting everything back in their life, it's amazing. Yeah. And how are you with the kids and all that? Oh, brilliant. Um, What I will say is, my partner, amazing. You know, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be where I am today. And Tough I tell, love. I tell, no, look, I tell her that all the time. Um, she, she kept her distance from me when she needed to, because she needed to keep the kids safe, she needed to keep her safe. But also, like, That's what taught me, you know, if if she had kept me where I was, I wouldn't have learned. Um, And even now, behind every good man is a great woman. And that's that's a true saying. Um, And I tell her every day, you know, how grateful I am for what she does for me. Um, And the kids, I just want to be a role model for them, you know. Um, I want them to look up to me and be proud of me. That, look, some people make mistakes in life, but that doesn't mean that's going to determine their future.
0: I'll tell you, Daniel, you're an inspiration. Absolutely. Yeah. And thank you very much for joining us in the studio this morning. Yeah, no, thanks very much for having me. Brilliant. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.